Hey now, happy, happy vibes, my friends. Welcome back to my podcast where I believe in spreading killer vibes that light you up and give you that kick in the ass to craft the life you wish to live. This sacred space is dedicated to lovers of all things business, travel, and lifestyle. Hey, it's about time to get the scoop on the latest vibes. Let's get to it. Today, I have a really special guest for you, someone who has been on my radar to interview for a long time, especially since I started my podcast. She's dynamic, she's beautiful, and she's a mama too. I'd like to introduce to you my plastic surgeon, Dr. Christy Hustak. Hello, excited to be here. Thank you. Dr. Hustak is the only female board-certified plastic surgeon of a practice of seven plastic surgeons at the Aesthetic Center for Plastic Surgery in Houston. I met her when I came in to have some work done with her. I remember doing a Google search and noticing that the ACPS popped up pretty quickly. And then I went to the website and then I saw you amongst all the guys. And yes. I said, oh, I want her because she's <laughs> she's the only woman in there and she can handle it. Um, and so I had a sense that, you know what, she I, I can work with her. I like that about her. Um, and also because I could tell, you know, from your bio that you could you also come from a woman's perspective. So um, right. and, and you have that sensibility. And I, so I met, met you and became super comfortable. And also one thing that I observed about you that day, I came in with my husband, Rusk, and you didn't make a funky face about it because I was like thinking, oh, maybe she's thinking she has to bring her little comfort blanket. And you were super cool about it. You're like, hey, Rusk, do you have any questions? Do you want to know anything? And like, you were really good about incorporating both of us into yeah. what I'm doing. And I'd wonder if like a lot of women come with their husbands or not. I mean, is that pretty normal? Yeah, I would say a lot of people come with their partner. Well, okay. Actually, honestly, we encourage them to bring somebody. Whether oh, okay. Husband, just because there's so much in the conversation that you may not pick up the first time. Yeah. So it's actually really nice to have that partner in crime that can maybe be like, oh, I think she said this or can just be that. Yeah. Board. Yeah. So I think it's actually great. And I encourage it. But um, you know, not everybody brings their husbands. Yeah. You know, sometimes there's so many things that we talk about that are funny or personal. Yeah, no. Um, uh-huh. I think a lot of husbands blush. Uh, and I don't realize I'm doing it because I'm just girl chatting. But you know, sometimes they're like, Oh, my gosh, I, I don't even want to hear. About I this. would love the <laughs> day when Mr. Elitasi blushes because he's, he's just so unaffected by everything. Yeah, oh, Welcome great. to my yeah. podcast, Dr. Hustack. I'm really excited that you're here because the discussion today is something that I discuss with a lot of women in my social circles that listen into the podcast. And one thing that we always talk about is like self care and mm-hmm. self love. Like, it's sort of, um, they could be two entities uh, separate, but they could also be together. And for me, this topic is something that reminds me of like, you know, when do we come in and we have that conversation when we feel comfortable with each other? When we right. talk about, hey, have you had work done? Are you thinking about doing that? So many of them are moving around these circles where a lot of the women do get that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So um, and we're all striving to be beautiful, smart, accomplished, you know, that kind of thing. But there's a stigma attached. So I want sure. to talk a little bit about that stigma. Um you know, they always say, oh, that's just the lazy person's way of looking good. You know, yeah. go to the plastic surgeon. You don't have to put any hard work. You know, you don't have to eat well. You don't have to exercise, which, by the way, is not true. That is not true. Yeah. 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 So I came to see you to get a breast lift because I was turning 40 at the time. That was in uh, five, six years ago. So I'm, 40, yeah, yeah. I'm 46 now. Yeah. Um, so do you think that plastic surgery is just okay what do you think why so many people see plastic surgery as you know women just want to be fake and plastic yeah well I think I guess we should start from the beginning right self-care is so important yeah Um, especially as ladies um you know we rarely take time for ourselves because we're so busy taking care of everybody else so I think from that perspective like it's never too late or too early we're all on our own journey but 
making sure you take care of yourself. Cause if you're not taking care of yourself, it's really hard to take care of your loved ones around you, you know? And so I think that's super important, but you know, as far as when to do it and how to do it, I mean, every journey is so personal. Some okay. people, it could be like you, it's your 40th birthday coming up yeah. and you're like, Oh my gosh, I just feel like I need a boost. Um, yes. There's no amount of exercise in the whole world that will lift breasts that will mm-hmm. get rid of, you know, some loose tummy skin that will grow you breasts for my gals that want to get a breast dog. And so some of those things is just, you know, gravity wins, time wins. Yeah. Those babies kind of mess your body up a little bit. And that's okay because we wouldn't trade most of them of for the course. world. Yeah, yeah of so course. Because of that, that's kind of where plastics comes in. I mean, this isn't about, this is, there's something about restoring form and function, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there just is certain things you just can't, can't fix with diet and exercise. And, you know, and some people just need that catalyst, you know. And it's okay if you have, if yes, and it's perfectly fine. No, without a doubt. I mean, so much of this is that self-love and self-confidence, um, because if that doesn't translate in all those areas of your life, um, you know, it can make a big difference. I get even a lot of really high, powerful women and, you know, lawyers and things like that, that mm-hmm. you would think have ooh self-confidence, right? Yes. And they come in, we all, every single person, every single woman has something about themselves they don't like. From head to toe, there's something, right? Um, right. And like, what a gift is it that I can, can maybe mm-hmm. help you improve your confidence in some way physically, um, you know, from, from that spectrum. Like, what a cool right. gift that is to make somebody feel better about themselves when it's something that may or may not be a big deal, but it is to them. It is to them. Yeah. And I think I'm really grateful that you mentioned that because I think we assume that the people who are getting plastic surgery are people who need a confidence boost. And that's not necessarily oh, so. Yeah. It's people who are confident but just want something to improve basically. I mean, we work on our brains when we read, when we go to mm-hmm. classes, um, we, we go to the gym, we work on the gym, we, we do all that sort of thing. But how come we are so afraid of, you know, saying to a doctor, you know what, uh, my tummy's a little bit, can you give me a little lipo? Absolutely. Yeah. And just getting that little bit of improvement in their clothes. And what a difference some of those things make. I mean, Huge. We data, even all um, through plastic surgery, talking about those things, talking about how much you're your just self-worth and improvement and confidence is boosted after different types of plastic surgery. Cause you know, especially in an elective market, I mean, this is not a new conversation for us. You know, lots of people with that taboo stigma, right. like, Oh my God, I can't believe you would do that. You know wh- why? Like your breasts are just perfect. Well, like, yeah, perfect for me. I wasn't happy with them anymore. And that's okay. And it's a very know? personal choice. Absolutely. It's very personal choice. Yep. The one thing I know you are, you're the master of the mommy makeover. There you go. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I read it a few times when I was doing research on you. It's mm-hmm. like, it pops up all the time. So it's something that's like, it's associated with you. Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, being a mom myself, I yeah. recognize and can empathize with how your body changes. Right. And so I think there's something to that. Um, and I think my conversation probably with you is going to be a little different Mm -hmm. than maybe some of your, um, other consults may be, um, just because of that, you know, like, Oh my gosh, you're right. When you do planks and those muscles just totally separate Mm -hmm. and, you know, doesn't that look weird and how uncomfortable and somebody's like, Oh my God, (laughs) how did you know? Or just some of those, those simple things like, Oh, I I don't want to give you too much side boob because when you're running, you're going to hit against it. And yeah, we got to, you know, do a little bit of liposuction over there, recruit that breast tissue. So you're not 
hitting it when you're running. Yeah, and then yeah. women will be like, oh my God, you're right. Or when I say things like, hey, does that pinch right there on your bra? How did you know? Like, it's just simple things yes. like that. I think you can empathize differently. Yeah. It's a personal journey. perspective and it's your own background. It's a personal perspective. I remember when, um, when you did my boobs and you lifted them, I didn't even want to wear bras anymore. I'm like, why am I wearing a bra? Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so I was, I was literally walking around my house when my kids were not around, just like totally just feeling it, feeling so good. Absolutely. And, yeah. um, you know, the dresses that I was starting to buy, they were different. They were different. They were yeah. different. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was starting to buy things that I didn't have to wear bra for. I was like, Ooh, okay. I like it. No backless anymore. I mean, it was great. It was love. I loved it. I loved it. And I was just like in another place. So, so many women think, you know, they always say that they're fearful of getting it done, but why do you think it's so hard for some of them to advocate for themselves in that sense? I I think it is a surgical, a surgical procedure, right? So I think anytime it's elective and I get this a lot, particularly for my moms, because they're like, you know, do I really need this? What if something bad happens and I'm going to, you know, it, it impact my family or leave my kids because of mm. and that's a very real fear for a lot it of It is a very real question. Because this isn't like a gallbladder that has to come out or an, an infected it's, appendix. Yeah. You're choosing to do this and it's like, yeah. oh my God, am I, is this really necessary? Am I putting myself in a bad situation? just to make myself better, feel better, you know? And so I think for some people, there's that mental balance. Like, how do you comfort them? How do you comfort that fear? I I think I talk to them a lot about safety. Okay. um, And then, you know, that you're more likely, you know, to get, you know, in a car accident coming to the surgical center than anything bad happening in surgery. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's such a well-oiled machine nowadays, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. And I wouldn't do surgery on you if I didn't think you were the best candidate for it and healthy enough and get you all teed up. Right. So we talk a lot about safety. Um, And we talk a lot about like how you talk to your children about it um, and just being in an okay place. I mean, I have gals though, regardless, we have all these conversations. They show up the day of surgery and said, this Mm -hmm. doesn't feel right. Okay. Uh, And I'm a big advocate if this doesn't feel right. Like this is elective. Let's take a step back. Let's see. Let's see what we can do. Maybe today is not the day. And I've had patients the day of surgery say, I just don't have a good feeling about Mm -hmm. this. And if it truly is um, something that, you know, like listen to your instincts. And so I say, Hey, let's not, I, I got, I, I can drink another coffee today. We don't need to do this. Let's reconvene. We'll chat about this in a couple of weeks. And I've had actually 99% of that. Actually, I'd say hundred percent came back and did it later. It just didn't feel right at the moment. And that's okay. Like, I, why would I want to put you into something that's elective? Right. Of course. If it just isn't, isn't the moment. And it also goes back to when we're looking for a doctor, let's do the research and make sure that those doctors are credible, you know, or right. are board certified because so many of them, I know, I hear it. I hear the stories yes. where they're going to Mexico or they're going to South America, Colombia. I got a lot of com- Colombian friends right. and I'm thinking, wow, I don't know that I would necessarily want to do that because here I know that you're credentialed, right. you have a track record. There's feedback, there's reviews. Oh, yeah. I don't it's, know. It's, it's all about right. that journey for sure. And I think it's the board certification in plastic surgery. I think the hard thing with cosmetics as well is that there is a, um, a pseudo cosmetic board. So it's not recognized by any medical specialty, but a group of doctors put together a cosmetic um, fellowship. This is not accredited. There's nobody okay. that made it up. Gotcha. So a lot of people say, oh, I'm certified as a cosmetic surgeon. And that's a very different thing Okay. to kind of, you know, not saying that some of the surgeons aren't good because they may be, but uh-huh. they weren't trained in surgery. They were family gotcha. medicine doctors that were never cha- trained in surgery. 
that are boarded by this cosmetic board because they went to a weekend course or something. What is so an example of a no cosmetic? Regular. Okay. Cosmetic, yeah. So cosmetic board is what just, is what is an board. example of a cosmetic surgery or cosmetic procedure? Oh, anything aesthetics, anything elective. So boob jobs, tummy tuck, all oh, those things okay, are considered okay. cosmetic procedures. So you don't have to be a surgeon um, to no, do you those? You just have to be a doctor. And so that's what, so make sure that it's a board Ooh, certified plastic good, surgery. Good tip. Because the majority of cosmetic surgeons, actually all of them are, are not plastic surgeons, obviously. Okay. Most of them are OBGYNs, family medicine doctors, oh, wow. doctors that have never had a surgical training. Are they and sometimes jump, jumping in because they think, oh, I'm going to make more money this oh, way? Oh, yeah. I mean, there is a lot of autonomy uh-huh. in plastic surgery. We are one of the few uh, fee-for-services in the country. So I can tell you, this is how much I think I'm worth. Take it or leave it. And it's okay if this doesn't make sense for you. Um, but it's one of the, the few ones that we don't go through insurance. So we can kind of dictate that and control our own lives. Okay. Majority of other um, disciplines are, you know, becoming slaves to the, the the corporate structure of medicine. And as that's progressing, it gets getting worse and worse for doctors. And it's really putting a bridge between right. doctors and patients. And right. so we're one of the few specialties that that's not the case. I still have a very intimate relationship with right. all of my patients and I can yeah. control that. I can mm-hmm. control my hours. So that autonomy, I think um, when we put so much time in as doctors, mm-hmm. I think it's very powerful. We all want to control our lives and don't right. let somebody tell us what to do. Yeah. Especially when you've been training for 14 years and half a million dollars in debt with school, you know, you kind of are just like done with it. So I, I get, see, I understand I that. The appeal of it. mm-hmm. um, it's just, you know, going through the right. So, channels. So you're amongst other other male doctors. How do you determine how much you're gonna, you know, charge on something on something and say, oh, maybe I'm not charging enough. Maybe he's charging more, and yeah, I'm better yeah. at this. For sure, <laughs> my clients look better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's less of a male female thing. Okay, but part of it too is like I don't want. I want to be, I want to be reasonably priced where I can keep my doors open. Yeah. Um, it is a business in the end. Because it's expensive. Pay my staff. It's yeah. very expensive. Right. Um, but I also think at some point you realize your worth, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to price people out. Like I'm not, I want surgery to be accessible for the right candidates. Like I don't want this to be like, oh, I only do $50,000 facelifts being yeah. only the, the cream of the crop. Cause that's not what this is about. I want your everyday person to feel comfortable in their own skin, you know? Yeah. So I think there's that balance there where, uh, you know, hell, I would do everything for free if I could. I just know that it's a business Aww. and I can't, I can't do it for free. Yeah. I think most of us really enjoy what we do. Mm-hmm. We recognize it's a business, but we really like it too. So it doesn't do me any good not to operate when I enjoy operating um, just because I'm pricing myself out of it. So gotcha. there's something about competition yeah. in the market. F- finding that balance. Finding that balance. Right. Knowing my worth and yes. knowing how I can keep my doors open and, you know, which is, my kids too. Which is a very important tip to give our women. I think a lot of them don't ask for what they're worth. I think they always go down because they're afraid of putting a number sure. out there, even though they 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 deserve it. They've gained the credentials. They've gone to school. They've done the you know they're they've had experience, but they just struggle with that. So it's a really oh, good absolutely. perspective yeah. to bring in. And I want to talk a little bit about your upbringing because I discovered in, in researching you a little bit that you were born in a reservation. I am. So you have Native American heritage? I am. I'm a big melting pot. So I'm from okay. Arizona. And it's funny because I don't think I realized how weird it was until I left <laughs> Arizona. But um, so my mom is uh, Native American um, mm-hmm. and Irish. So she was a a Navy brat. So my um, grandparents had met each other through the Navy okay. um, and then came back and moved to the res. Um, and then she met my dad, who is half Mexican, half Spanish, and wow. right next to the reservation. So that's how they kind of met. So I am Spanish. I am 
Native American, born on the reservation. I was born there. My yeah. mom had me in high school, so at 17, yes. right before she graduated. And my dad was at 19, so young parents, um, you know, Catholic. Oh, my goodness. So let's yeah. get married, you know, type yes. of thing. Yes. Um, and then uh, subsequently got divorced about five or six years later. But no, I was born on the res, only lived there for about a year and a half. Um, and Do you find that your upbringing um, helped you as you went to college and went and became a doctor like yeah, do well, you go back to those lessons as a as a young child or is there things there that you learn that you still take on with you um yes i think culturally uh -huh. um without a doubt i think um coming from kind of a um second generation immigrant family that work ethic um mm -hmm. is definitely there you know even yeah. though my dad didn't graduate high school he owns like a couple businesses now I mean, yeah. he's a blue collar tire shop guy but he worked since he was 14 years old and he worked hard. Like mm -hmm. he worked two jobs. Just so examples, you saw good examples yeah, so you of saw good example home. Yeah. Ethic and things like that. Um, I think also when you grow up poor, you develop a hunger, right? Mm -hmm. um, a hunger to, to be better and make your life better than, than maybe yeah. what you had. And so I think that hunger was there as well. Um, and my parents were both, um, you know, because they weren't, they didn't have formal college education. I was the first one to go to college. Um, I think they were very supportive of it um, and always encouraging. I mean, my dad said, and I think it stuck somewhere in my uh -huh. brain, like, you're not allowed to have kids till you're 30. You need to get your career going. <laughs> right. You yeah. And he and said, get a job finally because you were 30 years oh, old. God, and he like, was he like, said, okay, just get one now. I was like, I promise it'll be I'm a good like, day, Dad. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No, Which is interesting sure. because I remember um, I wrote a book about our fathers because a lot of them just don't understand that, you know, when you're raising girls in this country, I, there's a different um way that you have to raise them they have to be more competitive they have to be more go-getters you know it's yeah. not necessarily all collaborative it's like you know oh, so yeah i think your right personalities gravitate towards it yeah you have to have that kind of hunger and that support right it's okay yes. you know, it's okay you need to have that somebody back there being like it's okay when you fall i'm here to pick you up but shoot for you know shoot for the stars and i think they were both like that um and it, it was awesome. a really funny dichotomy because my um stepmom uh, who passed a couple years ago i was very close to her as well um her and my dad married when i was five so okay she's kind of in my life uh -huh. all the time but she all she ever wanted to do was to be a stay-at-home mom okay yeah so it was a really interesting dichotomy because um when i was in college you know she was like so you have a boyfriend mm -hmm. now i don't understand why you're why you're finishing school like that's not your family and i was like oh mm -hmm. you know and so i think yeah. you do need that little bit of support because mm -hmm. how easy would it be to fall back into exactly oh, to into the this. cycles yeah um, but i think there's a little bit of innate personality too my um looking back and i have documents of this my um kindergarten uh workbook says i wanted to be a doctor yes it said sports sports doctor at the time <laughs> um, yeah and then uh, my high school so that was kindergarten this was before anybody in my family was in medicine so this wasn't this was just i think maybe in an, an mm -hmm. innate thing to it was in you it was already uh, was in, in you in there, yeah. yeah and then uh, my high school graduation yearbook says plastic surgeon and here i am so it's kind of funny i love some it people will look back and be like Oh my God, you're one of the few people that said you were going to do it. And, and you, you actually did, did it. It's yeah. kind of like manifesting, you know, it's like right. somebody puts it out there and I said, Oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, really? Like people laugh at it, but like, no, people no, actually no, go sure. for it and they yeah. do it. Absolutely. So let me ask you this question just because, um, it reminds me of how I was raised in my neighborhood and I felt like I was suffocating. Like I felt like I couldn't live there anymore. Yeah. Um, the level of education of the people around me were not where I wanted to be. Um, I needed to do more. I needed right. to be more. I wanted to go to, you know, graduate school. That wasn't encouraged. Mm. Did you feel like you were suffocating too, and, well, you know, living I mean, in something like that and yeah. you needed to get out because you went to Ohio from right. Arizona to Ohio to go yeah. to school. 
Yeah. So I think, um, you know, on the reservation, certainly people don't leave. There's a huge fear and distrust of the outside world. And yeah. Culturally, without a doubt. Yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. Still exists. Uh, but because my parents were divorced early, my mom moved us to the city. Um, and one thing she did that I think actually in retrospect was brilliant is we always lived in the smallest apartment in the best school district neighborhoods. And so okay. I grew up in a very, um, you know, affluent neighborhood with a great school district, public school district. Okay. And so I think that I just felt like I belonged there. So I yeah. didn't feel as suffocated there. It was more of an okay. expectation. Mm-hmm. Everybody went to college. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you do okay. different? Mm-hmm. So I think that was something she knew, okay, I need to put you, I need to put you in an environment that you can thrive in. Cause I knew this is something that you're capable of. Um, so I think her wow. putting me in a position where I could grow, mm-hmm. I think was incredibly helpful too. Yeah. Excellent so I luckily foresight. didn't feel suffocated because of that. Um, now I had the, the other thing that I felt was lovely that they did is I was, I felt like I had the skills to let my wings fly. Um, I picked Ohio state. That was all me. Mm-hmm. I got, um, a couple of scholarships. I was blessed to, um, obviously have worked hard and done well. So I got a full ride to Ohio state. Uh, it's awesome. a minority-based scholarship mm-hmm. academic-based, so they get 10 out of the country. Five by Alicia Season 5 is sponsored by SNR Creative. Are you putting your money towards visibility but not seeing any change or business growth? Well, that is the problem. SNR Creative is a boutique marketing and business development firm in Houston that specializes in turning your ideas into reality in the most creative way possible. From social media management to website development, graphic design to event management, this full-service creative team does it all. The world can't go on without your services, so let's make sure everybody knows your name. You're either fascinating or forgotten. What will you choose? Get ahead and above the competition by contacting SNR Creative with the link in my bio. Mention Vice by Alicia and receive a free business consultation. Vibes by Alicia Season 5 is sponsored by SheSpace. Hey you, yes you, badass hardworking boss. If you're tired of cliche spaces, of the regular and unimpressive, you want to add a little bit of spice to the shared co-working experience, I have just the place. SheSpace is the hub for bold women. It's the queen's throne away from home. I firmly believe in the proximity principle, which refers to the intention of surrounding yourself with the people who embody your ambitions to achieve them. Find that proximity and experience the dream job life here at SheSpace. With membership, you'll have access to a multitude of amenities, a robust calendar of events, and overall a group of like-minded women. So what are you waiting for? Come and see us at SheSpace. Fives by Alicia Season 5 is sponsored by Finest Blood. Finest Blood provides patients and partners in clinics with service at its finest. Avoid mixed diagnosis in unprecedented times and commit to laboratory services in the finest way. Whether you are participating in mobile or in-lab services, we will provide you with the finest care and make sure your satisfaction is met. No more waiting long hours in clinics. No more waiting long hours for results. No more leaving the comfort of your own home, if that's what you choose. At Finest Blood, our system is designed to alleviate the challenges of accessibility and timeliness of lab work while providing exceptional customer care. We provide you with the best, best care in anything that we do. Come and see us or follow us at finestbloodllc.com.
Um, and so I was one of 10. That That's got this awesome. Which was so cool. Um, but I remember my, my family actually cried. Like nobody went to college, let alone I'm went sure. so far away. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, one of my family members looked on a map and was like, where is Ohio? I don't even know where Ohio right. is. And traditionally, uh, yeah. women don't leave traditional mm-hmm. homes until they're married, uh-huh. right? So it is like you're yeah. leaving. It's a huge deal. I was, yeah, I went to St. Thomas University, which is a private school through scholarships, because otherwise I would have never been, been able to afford it. Yeah. yeah, so I totally relate to that. Um, and for me, my parents put me in good situations, but it wasn't like I was in a good school. I was not in a good right. school. I was not well, in a good district. And so about. I had to really like, like, be self-taught like mm-hmm. I had to go and find my own books and I had to like yeah and yeah. search opportunities and find mentors mm-hmm. and find people that I can gravitate to so and I love that mentor- mentorship is such a good it's thing. such a yeah. and I know that's one of the uh-huh. things that's very important for you as well absolutely I had tons of mentors growing up um and actually the way I got into plastics is my mom put herself through school to be a scrub nurse for plastic surgeon so that I did when I was 14 I got to see my first surgery so that did open it up um but those there was two female doctors that my mom worked for um, one of which became a really big mentor in the world of plastic surgery for me, um, I think it helped kind of mold, you know, where, where I wanted to go to. And I think that was instrumental is just having those women that bring you along as they climb and what that mm-hmm. means for each one of us. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I love that because I think one of the things that, that we're leaving out when we talk about plastic surgery, there's a lot of growth that's going on in, yeah. inside as well. Right. There's a lot of growth and we're doing a lot of growth as we go along. And it's okay if we want to go and just say, hey, I want to improve this part of my body as well. Yeah. You know, there's so many of us because I know for me, for myself, for the longest time, I was like, oh, but, you know, I'm a smart girl. Why would I, you know, do that? But there's it it can exist. It can coexist. Right. Like it don't. And feel good about wearing your brown yeah, dress. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah, I was on Rent the Runway just looking at all the dresses. I'm going to get that one, rent, get that one, yeah. get that one. I know you're a Rent the Runway person I too, am. right? Yes, I'm I like obsessed it. with it. I love yeah, it too. So everybody all the time is like, oh, I love your dresses. And I was like, well, I hate laundry. And yeah. honestly, I'm not, I'm not a big, like huge money spender <laughs> either. And so I'm like, I love that I can send these back. I don't have to do laundry. I love I can it try too. New trends and stuff. It's, it's yeah, new trends. It. And it's also a sustainable way of not, you know, adding to the landfills, yeah, which is something that I love. I love doing sustainable fashion. So I noticed from the beginning that you're super confident. You're a fast talker. You're like, boom, boom, boom. You get to the point right away. Give me a tip for my listeners on how they can achieve that level of confidence. One thing you can recommend. Oh, um, I think mentorship. I think that goes back to that. Find a mentor in whatever you're interested in. Um, and, and learn from them. Um, I think because I have gals reach out to me all the time and I love um, bringing them along the journey a little bit because it's just really making those connections. I don't think we realize how important networking is and making connections with people um, and how beneficial that can be in your life. Um, and so, so find a mentor and whatever it is you want to do um, and learn from them um, because there are small things you can learn from every interaction, no matter what it is. Um, and I think that helps, you know, as you get more experience, that builds your confidence. Um, and so those mentors can really help lead you in the right direction, right. you know, um, and I think that's crazy important. That's and that's really, really important. I think that helped me out, out a lot, too, when I was growing up and going to school and, and finding I had to go seek my mentors. You know, there was they always say, oh, mentors are always looking out you know, for you. And I, I didn't I never felt that. I always felt when I saw someone that I wanted to be like or do things like mm-hmm. I would always ask them questions and I would say, hey, can we you know, can I 
just ask you questions. Can I just meet with you? Maybe every once in a while when I was in college and that's yeah, And even as a worker, even when I was working, you know, finding other teachers that I would, you know, want to be like, you know, so that kind of thing. Right. It's I mean, important. It's a little bit of like fake it till you make it. Too, yes. right? You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like that, that kind of visualization, like, you know, know that I'm going to get here. How am I going to set myself up for it? Um, mm-hmm. And just have that, that gumption to, to go for to it. To right? go for We're it. We're all going to fail. I failed a million yeah. times. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you learn something from yeah. those failures and just keep moving forward. I love that because I always get the question of like, how do you get so confident or how do you just go and approach people to, you know, to do things for you or to be on your podcast or to be your sponsors? Absolutely. And it's like you said, it's a process. It's something that just, you know, you have to work on. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You definitely have to work on it. I mean, the yeah. person I am now is not who I was, you know, a decade ago. Like it's an evolution, a work in progress. Yeah. Sure, so. I love it. I want to talk a little bit about the trends that are going on yeah. right now, because there's a lot of trends in plastic serene. There's a lot of trends that go on, on, on social media, on Instagram and yeah. the things that people are looking at and the things that we look at. And there's a big trend of, um, body positivity. Mm-hmm. Do you think getting plastic surgery, it, it can be a body positive thing. Absolutely. Because they associate it with, yeah, it's a misnomer. They associate it with like, just be happy. Just be happy with your body. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I think one of, when this really kind of hit to me um, was uh, early on, uh, I do a lot of female vaginal rejuvenation. So labioplasty, vaginoplasties, um, some lasers and things like that. Uh, and I met with a bunch of OBGYNs in town and I was like, hey, listen, I have a specific interest. Do you have any patients? And I think what really caught me is a third of the OBGYNs I talked to said, this is akin to um, female like mutilation oh. or making these women feel bad about themselves. And they're very natural and just right. And you, by offering this procedure, are making them feel bad that they have to change something about themselves um, to be happy. And I was like, Oh, well, that's not actually at all what this is about. And I think, and this was coming from another physician, a couple of them, this wasn't just an interesting. And I thought that was so interesting that they yeah. so connected plastic surgery, even a functional component of plastic surgery with a body dysmorphic that like, Oh, they yeah. should be happy with how they are. And I just thought that was so interesting because we've proven time and time again with our studies. Um, but you know, studies are just studies, you know, um, that, that that's not the case that this is about self-worth and self-confidence and restoring form and function and and this doesn't have to be you know let me take out ribs to make me the tiniest ways like i'm not talking yeah. about those extremes i'm talking about the in-between zone which um, by the way vaginal yeah. rejuvenation is something that is very internal you don't even see it you can't see right, her so and say oh she got you know vaginal rejuvenation i can tell you right. can't it's nobody can see it nobody so i'm yeah. you know so i'm a little like even thought that was so like right how make a woman feel bad about exactly how do you, how can you feel bad about yourself for peeing on yourself? And I'm like, no, absolutely. Like, why would we not do that? So I don't know. It was just really an interesting um, thing. So then that kind of got me to thinking like, Uh wow, like how do we let people know that this is normal? This is natural. This is okay. It's not taboo. Right. Bodies change. Like, and and I have Mm -hmm. something that Mm -hmm. can maybe help tighten that skin Mm -hmm. or lift Mm -hmm. that bladder or lift your breasts. Like there are things that I can do. To, to kind of perk those things back up again. And that's okay. You know, this can still be body, body positive. positive. Yeah. yeah. You know, but there's such a movement. And sometimes I think we go to extremes, Yeah. you know, like the cancel culture too. Like there's so many extremes that happen and you're like, gosh, you know, can we just like look at nuances a little bit closer? Maybe not look at something. Oh, it's either right or it's either wrong. I mean, maybe it's right for her. Maybe it's not right for her. Like everybody sure. has such a different perspective and upbringing and how we think about things, but you know, it's like 
you know, no, you got plastic surgery, you're automatically, you know, not a body positive influencer anymore. Out. Canceled. Right, right. Canceled. Canceled. Exactly. Because you said you didn't see yes. popular with this kind of it, movement. With, it, with yeah, the movement. No, and absolutely. it's just so sad. Um, well, and social media drives a lot of this, too. I think, you know, um, because it's just out there differently than it ever has been in the past. I think plastic surgery has always been a little more private. You maybe chat with your girlfriends a little bit. But now it's out there, right? And so then it's, you know, you're either doing it or you don't. Yeah. You know? And then, like you said, that whole movement of, oh, my God, I can't believe you would do that mm-hmm. to yourself. And you know, some of those things. So it's just, you know, you, you can't, you can't win. Right. You can't win. And and every woman has the right to do what she wants for herself and whatever she feels more comfortable with. It should be her choice. It should be her decision to make. And, um, this shaming is just, it's unnecessary. And like, let her think it through. I mean, it's just like assuming that she's dumb and she doesn't know what she's doing. No, it's just that she's probably, you know, researching, figuring it out. Is it something for me? Is it something not for me? I mean, I talk about it on my podcast because I've been married almost 21 years. So I always talk about how important for me it is to just maintain like a really, you know, sexy body. Yeah, It's, you know, I love that about myself. I'm, I've grown up that way. My parents never, you know, put like, oh, don't, you can't wear that or that's too short. No, my mommy was the opposite. She was like, you know, yeah. be you be exactly. you that's who you yeah. are so um exactly sure. so number one i've been married a long time i need to keep my husband you know interested <laughs> keep, him on, keep yeah. him on his toes i know there's a lot of girls out there and i'm serious but you know there's a lot of divorced ladies out there and that are looking for my guy because <laughs> i'm very spoiled anyways i always talk about you know i have to for myself i want to look better i want to feel better but it, be, it translates to my relationship too sure. he feels me being more confident, more secure about myself, my, my dressing. And he knows that he, I, my, my wife feels good. What else can I ask for, you know, for him yeah. to feel like it's supportive, you know, he supports me in that, in that part. Absolutely. But, um, I'm, 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 I'm thinking, you know, that's one way for women to also, you know, encourage their husbands to be a part of the journey. Yeah, right. It's a bit empowering. It Absolutely. is. It's empowering. Yeah, bringing them along the journey. And this isn't a, I know. Oh, trying to look good for, you know, it's like, no, it's me. me. It's me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's inside out. Yeah. It's not necessarily always on the outside. And, um, this leads me to the conversation of, are you seeing an uptick on, um, trying to achieve the Kardashian body? Oh yeah. I mean, that's sure. one of yeah. the conversations I get all the time and people are always talking about it. Like, Oh, you know, yeah, I think that's what's trending. Those now. ideals uh-huh. look unattainable. Well, it's really interesting because, um, you know, the, the whole Brazilian butt lift, right? Yes, the Brazilian kind of the, butt the, lift. The, yeah. The exaggerated, almost uh, kind of Kim Kardashian, Jessica Rabbit-esque, right? The very accentuated mm-hmm. curves, um, which are largely unattainable by, by natural Natural. Um, but, but that's okay as well. Um, but it's funny because these are very ethnic cultural norms, which is a really interesting thing in the world of plastic surgery, because Ah. never before has that been the case. These are always traditionally white aesthetics. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting that we're popularizing a very um, kind of African and Latin Mm -hmm. uh, aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And like that's from that perspective, it's kind of exciting. I think for us Latin girls have always been like, yes, we're finally in shape and Mm -hmm. somebody's trying to look like us versus the opposite. The opposite. I think Mm -hmm. that's a very interesting segue is never before has that happened where these very um, you know, that this is in vogue, right? To have some of these curves, it's usually the opposite. Um, but that being said, you know, I'm all about um 
you know, changing shapes and some of these fads. I think some of it, we're going to have to, you know, the extremes of it. And I get mm-hmm. girls call all the time that are like, Hey, you say you do natural. So what if I don't want natural? What if I'm unnatural? Can you do that? And okay. that's um, interesting too. Cause what does the ethical side of you say to them? I think if anything is so one, it kind of depends on where they're in their lives. So uh-huh. if they're, you know, a young girl that hasn't had kiddos, um, that maybe wants a lot of these, uh, aggressive shaping procedures, um, and breast procedures and things, if it's going to impact their, their future to some degree, uh, then those are things I'm not on board with. So if they're okay. going to have a lot of aggressive scar tissue and, um, you know, trying to do these exaggerated tummy tucks on young girls yeah. who've never had babies that don't yeah. need, that haven't stretched. So, you know, kind of, uh, over tightening muscles that have never right. really been used, uh-huh. you know, there's, there's some worry there. And there's about. future complications, correct? Future complications. If they have exactly. children one day, that's their body. Be mm-hmm. with, with all the scar tissues. Yeah. Some of those things is where I'm like, oh, that doesn't make a lot of uh, sense. Um, Some of it too is, you know, I can give you stripper boobs if you want stripper boobs. I Mm -hmm. can give you a really large derriere if that's Mm -hmm. what you want. But what does that mean as long as you understand for the future? We get a lot of young girls coming in to get breast implants that are like, what do you mean I have to change these out someday? I'm like, oh no, these are not like lifetime devices. Let's (laughs) chat about that. I know you're excited, but let's chat you know, chat about the life of these. Um, Same thing with these booties. If we put a lot of fat in that area, gravity's going to win. At some point, you're going to have to have some sort of procedure to lift that all back up. And are you willing to do the next phases, right? Because right. there is going to be other phases. And what does that mean for you? So yeah. I think it's all about education. Um, I think I want to make sure you're the most educated as possible. And that's part of your um, consultation, right? Yeah, to have absolutely. that conversation with them, to advise them if yeah. they're having something that just seems unrealistic. Yes, absolutely. Um, do you find that they're coming in with pictures from girls on Instagram and influencers and that yeah. kind of thing? I mean, I think that is just affecting lot, yeah. so much of the way they feel about themselves. We feel about yes. ourselves. Like, why don't I have this body? I want this body. And I mean, some of these are angles. Some of these are filters, you know, and so we have to have right. that conversation like there, there is no way that I could ever get you there. And I don't think she's even like that. I mean, I think it's neat when some of these celebrities put up their pictures uh, before they're filtered and touched and angled and how different that exact same picture can look, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. I think some of that has become creating these unrealistic ideals, um, particularly our young girls that maybe don't have the emotional maturity yet yeah. to deal with those things. Yes, exactly. Um, I think some of us that are, are older recognize that, but I think the young girls don't. And I mm-hmm. think that's a big self-esteem issue for these young girls that like, oh, to be attracted, to be sexy, to get a husband, yes. to do what, yes. to get this job, to do whatever I need to look the certain aesthetic that's really largely unachievable for most women. Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. that's a dangerous thing that we got to navigate as well. Wow. Feeling comfortable, but, but having realistic expectations. Yes. Especially for our, for our girls. I love you know? that you're giving that perspective because we always hear it from the perspective of we're looking at it on social media. We're looking at it on Instagram, but there's, there's repercussions. If you go and have a doctor do some of those things, like there's consequences, right. there's things that can happen. And so I'm, I'm glad that you have, you have well, those you conversations. Find people that will do, mm-hmm, that will do much it. anything. I mean, oh, I, I know. I've no seen it. And I know they go somewhere else and get it done, but at least it's, I can sleep better at night knowing I gave you all the information, all the data and, um, you know, kind of wish you the best and just maybe it just didn't make sense in my hands. And that's the beautiful thing about plastic surgery is I love you can that. say no to me and I can say no to you too. <laughs> so I know. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you didn't say no to me. I love that. My patients. I want to see their friends. I want to see their mothers and their sisters. Mm-hmm. And, their daughters. and we always come I back to, to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You I don't know. want to just see you one time. 
for a boob job and be done, right? I want which, this to continue. Yeah. Exactly, which by the way is something that's I, I I feel very good about you is that you're not always you're not trying to sell me into another procedure because right. I always hear that like oh I just went in because I wanted a boob job and he sold me this he sold me that he sold and unless I asked for it I want to hear yes. you. And you I know, try consult to be very very me. good about that too mm-hmm. because I don't. You know, the last thing I want to do is somebody come in and talk about something because yeah. I hear this all the time. Yes, patients all like, the time. You know, that they're like, oh, well, you know, this person pointed out this is this. And then I was like, oh, God, you're right. My arms are big. Yeah. Like, I will never bring up anything mm-hmm. else about your body that you don't bring up yourself yeah. Um, yeah. unless I think it'll compromise what you're asking. Exactly. Um, and so that's just because I'm like, why would I ever give somebody more reasons to look at themselves in the mirror? Not in a positive light. Yeah. Right? That's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. You know, none of, none of us need that, you know. I know that I got cellulite. I don't need you pointing out my cellulite. It doesn't bother me. I'm not cellulite. I love it. I was telling I was telling Sydney earlier, like, oh, she just said it like that's a big one. (laughs) Um, What's next for you, Dr. Hustak? Um, Where are you going? Where's your goal? What is the growing dramatically? Oh my gosh! Um, And so I think I'm just hitting my stride, which is good. So um, you know, I love surgery. I think it's it's great, but I think. you know, at some point I'm going to find this balance, you know, I have young, young kids. And so I've always been, and my partners always laugh because they're like, you take more vacations than like anybody I know at this stage in life. And, and I'm like, well, that's because I, 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 I don't work to live, you know, yeah. I, this mm-hmm. is a means to an mm-hmm. end, right? I mm-hmm. love what I do, mm-hmm. but I want to see the world. I want to watch my kids grow. And so I think just continue to cultivate that balance. I mean, you know, I think a lot of us grow up with, we want to take over the world and um, I want to take over parts of the world, but mm-hmm. I want to enjoy the process while I'm there. So yeah. um, I think continue to grow. We've got a big old practice um, that we're, I actually, we just brought a brand new female. So I'm no longer the only that. female here. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a fellow we trained. So we have another female that's going to be joining us, which is fantastic. Um, but I think growing the practice, but just continuing to have that balance, watch my kiddos grow. Um, you know, there's a couple leadership things that are coming okay. up. Um, some women uh, leadership summits that I'm working on and trying wow. to learn how to be a better leader myself and how to encourage other women uh, within and without, a, a, you know, outside of medicine. So I think just um, exploring some of those interests, you know, yeah. I'm always I'm always learning. Um, and so I think trying to pick up some of those skills and seeing what that grows me. So I love okay. that. Yeah. So I have a new professorship at the, down at the university. So teaching fellows and residents and stuff. So getting that, you know, teaching has always too. been important for you. Yeah. From the very beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think education has always been a good component of this for sure. Awesome. And I'm so grateful that you are my guest. Thank you. For I appreciate me. you very much. I mean, I know that your time is extremely valuable. You just had surgery and you're doing this for me. And I really appreciate that very much. Oh, no, I, you know, I love you. Thank you. And I send my friends to you. Yes, I send everybody to you, but I don't know why they don't. You know, sometimes they do yeah. and sometimes they don't. I get so upset. I'm like, you went somewhere else. I told you who to go to. Oh, no, it's a I, personal journey. Yeah, I know. But I still get a little upset. I can still tell them that like, you guys didn't pick the right <laughs> Right, doctor. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today and giving us some really good nuggets. Um, I think what what my audience really appreciates is um, women like you, authenticity, uh, driven and not ashamed of being, you know, who you are. And like, I'm a mom, I'm a doctor, I'm doing things and I'm still doing that. And I, and you're encouraging other women as well, embracing that. And so that's super, super cool. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you.
And um, guys, if you want to follow Dr. Hustack, where do they follow you? Where, what's, where would you like them to yeah, follow you? So they can go on Instagram, Christy Hustack MD. They can do uh, Facebook. We have a YouTube channel now that we're trying to upload and put some new data there and kind of more educational videos, okay. of course. Um, uh, they can always pop over to my website at ChristyHustackMD.com. Okay, very cool. So you heard it, guys. Go and follow her. And if you like our podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends about it. And also let us know what other topics you want to hear. Thank you, everybody.